Password entered. Welcome to BRT Online. Global net selected. Access denied. Correct to call it Shadowrun hack because it's a bit more. Sure. Than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, gone all over the place with it, but but I think I think Shadowrun hack is probably a, a good place to start with it because I think that's originally where it started for me, and so I, I will I will come back to the animism thing, but it's it started with me being dissatisfied with the Shadowrun system and generally disliking dice pool systems that have more than a few dice. Mm. Um, you know, when, when last we did we when last we did Shadowrun, our our group really struggled with it, and it was it was fifth edition. It was apparent it was an extra special snowflake as far as editing goes, and it was very <laughs> difficult for us to work with. Um, but so I said, okay, so how how would I do this with with Mithras since my group already knows this and they play it a bunch, and um, it seems like I should be able to do it. And and so I started kind of working through uh working through the books and saying okay how do i do trolls and elves and whatnot uh and and all of that tended to be pretty pretty interesting and 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 pretty pretty easy um you know i got to the sort we got to the sorcery versus conjuring part of shadow run which was pretty easy to do sorcery to mm -hmm. use mithras sorcery and to use mithras animism to do i decided to keep that dichotomy very clear with it and so i use animism for the conjuring part and that looks pretty similar um there's a mm -hmm. little bit of stuff in there where their astral plane looks a little different than this one but it's it's a lot of a lot of its flavor text it doesn't have any mechanical impacts on it uh, but where where it got really interesting was where i started looking at how was i going to do hacking rules you know how was i going to do the whole matrix in the vr business and i thought to myself you know this looks remarkably like a spirit journey if you think about pushing mm -hmm. your consciousness into some alternate world yep. and i and i put this out there and some other people said yeah that's a really good idea and then and then i read around and it's like oh i wasn't the only person to come up with that idea mm -hmm. um, and found references it to it you know five six ten years before me i'm like oh okay okay <laughs> um so it seems like i'm on on the right track here so i started with just hacking as being the, the whole matrix as essentially uh, has the same rules as animism, where the programs are spirits. You do VR combat, looks very much like spirit combat. There's a, there's a little bit a little bit of nuance there, but essentially it's you use a binding-like skill in combat. Where it diverges is I don't really have a trance skill that is used to access VR. Um, you okay. plug yourself in. And the other the other thing that's very different about it is that your your cyber deck actually functions as most of your stats in VR. So you can have a relatively low power, charisma, intelligence character who is operating VR with a, with a hot deck and they are they're quite quite strong in that. Uh, and I translated the decks have three stats, three characteristics. They have uh, a CPU power, they have a cash rating, and then they have a bus speed. Um, <laughs> That's let's see, I think as a, the CPU power translates directly to power. The right. cash speed is directly, or the cash size is charisma, I believe. And then the the bus speed is intelligence, if I remember right. Translates pretty well across. You have a set of spirits that you have in bindings. Those are the ones that are in your deck. Um, your rating of your deck is based on your cash size. You know, you can, so if you have a, if you have a, 
a high rating deck and it has a high cash side, you can have a lot of spirits. There are essentially four ratings of decks, very much like the four ratings of animus, you know, whether you're was it a worshiper, a shaman, right. high shaman, and then spirit lord? It map it maps very directly to those. Okay. I was like, well, that 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 seems to work very nicely. It will it will be moved pretty quickly from from there. Uh, then I got the rigging. Those of you who are not familiar with it, rigging is essentially plugging your brain into a vehicle and and being able to drive it, and also controlling of drones. One afternoon with uh, a sip of whiskey in me. <laughs> I said, hey, you know what? The the rigging looks very much like an undead spirit where the mm. spirit possesses a corpse, right? That's yeah. an inanimate object. It has characteristics of its own, but it has no mental characteristics. And the, the undead spirit provides those mental characteristics. And so if you can do that mapping, then it suddenly becomes a lot easier to kind of construct that model around it. And so now your drones are effectively different corpses that have different ratings on them, right? They have different sets of attributes. And so like you might have your very small drone that has a size of one, but it, it can have flight in its cameras and, and you gain access to all of those senses. Some of the skills might transfer across a little bit differently. So you might use your sensor skill instead of perception right. while your mind is inside of the vehicle. And then and then the other the other part of it was that there's this notion that you might control a fleet of drones. Yep. You know, you might have three or four or five or 10 and in, instead of trying to put your mind into all of them you are issuing them commands yeah uh and and for that i reappropriated the ships and shield walls battle rules oh, wow. and effectively treated them as a unit okay. and they they're a small unit and and you know there, there's some tweaking of the damage that comes off of that but essentially that's what it works with. there's a command skill that you use it's capped by your rigs rating so you know if you don't have a good skill but you have a high you know uh a good a good command rig it's not going to help you all that much because it's only a band it's only the bandwidth to your things and then the the individual drones themselves if you put your mind into them of course you directly control them but if you don't they have an ai in them that is mapped pretty directly to the troop rating that's in ships and shield walls so you might have mm-hmm. a, a green level ai or you a seasoned level ai and I, of course i gave them different names right like i had like a, a basic a bronze gold platinum because it had to sound like it right <laughs> and and but but essentially those ais have different capabilities and that represents their skill level and your command your command skill is capped by whatever their ability is just like the command skill is capped by whatever your troop rating is in the book and and that ends up working pretty well as far as you know you're not stepping too far out of the rules mechanically you're reflavoring it a lot that ends up looking very very neat and giving you all of the abilities that you want out of that um then this other one that it's still pretty nascent in my mind but and i haven't i haven't written out anything for it so an important thing in these uh, cyberpunk setting is that you know a guy who know who's going to get you access to something right. so the notion of contacts and allies yeah. um is pretty important and so i thought to myself you know um if we scrub all almost all the numbers off of of animism what you're looking at there is in some other entity that you have negotiated a bargain with you have a relationship that is can do the thing for you and at that point it looks very much like a contact like you have a contact you know a guy who you have a relationship with and he can go get you weapons or he can go get you access to city hall and 
And, and so if you just change out the skills, you're no longer using trance and binding. You're using, say, Streetwise for trance. Streetwise is your access into that world. Binding becomes influence at that point because that is your influence over that individual. Yeah. Or maybe you have a separate skill that represents your, your relationship right. with that person. You can use that. And then they, instead of having powers like covert possession and miasma, they have things like get weapons or yeah. they have access to public records. Right. Um, it starts to look a lot like sagacity in the ancestor spirits. I mean, a lot of them look very much like ancestor spirits because they have they have a skill you need and yeah. you don't have yourself. Mm. What is an enhancement or an embodiment or augmentation yeah. or what one of those one of the spirit abilities that you can use then to get what you need done. I think, I think, I mean, it's a super flexible system in that respect. If and you I, start to really, really abstract it out a bit. I can see that it models the negotiation and your, your power level as well. Like the intent, like a spirit intensity is basically would translate to the status of that contact that you're trying to negotiate yeah. with. And so if, yeah, you know, or, or, or the power or the power that that contact has to influence yes. the world in some right. fashion, right? Like, you know, your, your intensity one guy is not going to have a lot of influence, but an intensity three is yeah, going to have quite a, quite a bit of power. Yeah. I mean, just, exactly. Yeah. Just like the, uh, like a spirit ability, like some of them, some spirit abilities don't have any, don't function unless they're at least intensity three. And so yeah. I could see that translating directly to this is that, yeah, you're not, you know, intensity one and two contacts are not going to be able to do this thing, whatever it is. But and, and but an intensity three is, is harder to negotiate with. You can even use tenacity for this. You know, you're probably going to lose the argument or you're just not going to be powerful enough to get access to, to something like that. Funny thing is here, you can you, you would be able to use the intensity zero spirits, which don't <laughs> come into the physical world. But you can use that intensity zero guy as, you know, some some corner street thug, right. which <laughs> has very limited influence. But but he may be he may have enough for you. Right. Like he has enough yeah. to get that down, even if, even if you're not even if they don't get any bonus to their ability because of their intensity, because it's only intensity mm. zero, they may have a 50 or 70% chance that you just don't have. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's enough. That's enough to get the job done. And then you can, you can go a little bit further on this and start looking at the other end of the intensity scale where you're looking at intensity four and intensity five style contacts, which represent very difficult to access CEOs or presidents of corporations or, or, or government bodies. Right. And you have multiple people that are working on that angle to try and pin him down to get the negotiation that you want. Uh, is a very different, very different, you know, sort of activity, and and you know allows the whole party to participate in that a lot, particularly if you bring in the tenacity. Yes, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you call it group animus ceremony or something, but yeah, I can. It, it translates pretty well, I think. Would it translate into a general cyberpunkish setting, not necessarily just Shadowrun? Yeah, would... Oh yeah, oh yeah. So one at one point, I think it was a year or two back, I was I was talking about it with somebody, and I realized that the one thing I'm I'm using the power levels that are straight out of uh, After the Vampire Wars. Yeah. You know, so there's a there's a low level power, mid level power, and a high level power. And so I looked at it and said so the Shadow Run one maps pretty well to the mid-level power out of After the Vampire Wars. I mean, 
everything's right around in that space. Um, if you try and do the racial translation, trolls end up in that space without any cybernetics. Um, if you go through and map the, the archetype characters in there, they're very close to the same range in that space. But if you were to like look, if you lower that power down to say the low power one, it looks very much like uh, Cyberpunk 2020 or Cyberpunk 2077 or Cyberpunk mm. you know, Red with some growth there. And there's no magic there. There's no trolls there. Mm. So you don't have to worry about that stuff. Uh, and if you dial it up the other direction, uh, it actually maps very, very well to Rifts. Uh, and I was I was a little bit astonished when I saw that how how well that mapped over. And particularly when you when you think about one of the primary problems with Rifts is that you have an archaeologist next to a dragon, and and how the, how are they supposed to possibly interact? And and the real trick of that is that they don't generally. Like not not in that sense, but so if you want to have your dragon campaign, well, you have your dragon and your glitter boy and your full conversion cyborg, and they're up in the high power range. And then if you look at the low power range, well, you've got your archaeologists, and they may have a couple of augmenting cybernetics to go along with it. Right. Uh, and and you can cover that whole space pretty pretty easily with that, with just honestly just some real real tweaks that come out of it. I haven't gone through and converted all the magic to do rifts. I have looked at it, and and it's just about going through. And reading that that magic chapter there that's in the core Mithras thing and kind of defining how the magic looks in the world and Rifts is super high magic so it's going to be you know dialing everything up to eleven. Have you released the Shadowrun stuff? I have a bunch on my website that I've I've I put out there. Yeah, I mean maybe we should put show notes if you're happy to link to the, some of that stuff. That sure, sure. People can probably just Google Google uh, Relic yeah. Cyberpunk and they can probably find it. I think it's, it's, it's interesting though that. All, uh, well, most of it comes from a version of animism or using animism in that way. I think that's really... Yeah. I mean, Shadowrun is particularly interesting in that respect in that it has animism in it as as basically animism, but then it also has this other, these cyber systems or virtual systems that you're also using in animism to model that kind of in a slightly different way. If I remember, ultimately, the idea for doing this for me came from watching Altered Carbon when it came out on Netflix. Oh, okay. And and I thought I was like how would I do stacks? Mm -hmm. And and it and I, I I was taking a bunch of notes honestly. I I'm a, kind of a weird person and take notes when I for gaming when I watch a show. <laughs> uh and and it all of a sudden, you know, like my my family went to bed early one night and I was I was sitting on my computer and all of a sudden I just started got inspiration. It's like, hey, you know, I could just separate out the mental traits from the physical traits and this looks like animism. And uh suddenly that made a lot of sense. A lot of stuff fell together very quickly from there. So so what other what what we well, there's some other stuff out there on the web that are good examples of how to use animism. If you dig around a bit, you can find uh, Mark Shirley, who mm. who did who did Waterlands, and what else has he done for the design mechanism? Uh, Constantinople. Oh yeah, he did Constantinople. He did he did up a, a hack of animism for using for voodoo. You can you can you can find that, and I you know just animism voodoo cult for in Mithras will will get you there. I think uh, is this the first time we've had show notes? I think it is. Yeah, I think we have to. Uh, we have to put some show notes up for this, I think. And there's a lot. There's a lot for this one. Uh, and then, and then, Rune Blogger had a long-running uh, oh. Japanese game, uh, Japanese Mythos game, Samurai, and he used animism for Shinto, uh, and has some has some beautiful rules up there for that. I, it's it's a really incredible game. I don't know. He ran like 50 or 60 sessions or something like that. It was a very long-running game. Yes. Uh, 
and and very detailed and he posted extensively about it he also has to happen to have some cyberpunk rules out there if you do uh room blogger uh cyberpunk i think you can find him on his site and he has some of the stuff that he put in there he asked me if he could use mine and i was like yeah go right ahead so that's out there interesting related note um m space now just has just released cybernetic rules in there in the M space companion worth the time to go and take a look at as well. Their cybernetic rules are a little different than the ones I did, which are right. more closely modeled on after the vampire wars. But did you look at the, the M space? I at least I lo- I looked at the M space stuff. It was different in the fact that, you know, he uses PowerPoints for governing that stuff. And I use a separate point based system more like right. after, after the vampire wars. It's not like you couldn't use their stuff and then do an animistic style VR or rigging mm. pretty easily. They're, they're pretty modular systems as mm. a whole. So anyhow, folks, um, we've covered everything on animism. I think I recommend that you go out and give it a shot, give it some time, think on it for a while, how you want to use it in your game. It is so worth it. It is a really, really good system worth the time to 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 pick up and and really dive into a bit you can do a lot with it bill and i have both done quite a quite a chunk with it and there's so much more space that can be covered with it easily there are plenty of fictional and historical cultural settings to draw from and i think as long as you have a clear picture of what you want to do and then you just pick out the bits from animism and design i mean one of the things i've done even from right when i started using it i I didn't use the default spirit types i used some of them but i i basically made my own types of spirit from the abilities that are there and from the examples so yeah. one one of the things to think about is that the the spirits that are listed, the kinds of spirits there are, and the rule book says this: they are examples of what spirits are like. You're not; it doesn't mean that you can't make your own types of spirit that behave in a different way from the ones that are described in the in the book. Um, like for instance, if uh, you know, from one of the things that I did as a as a as a variation is I used, and I think even some of the scenarios do this. If you take the haunt, for instance, as a that's the kind of ghost character, and you, uh, you look at the wraith, the wraith is a very very powerful, dangerous spirit. You know, I wanted something in between a wraith and a haunt, and I just basically mix those two things together and ended up with a slightly less powerful wraith and a slightly more powerful haunt but you can find a lot of things like that in the rules and in the examples that you see so i think i'd also say that it's a bit easier to experiment with and to it's a bit easier to design with compared to sorcery i've found when i've seen animism discussed a few times I've seen it, it's, it's considered the most complicated system. And for me, it's not. It's uh, it's not completely straightforward. But uh, to me, like sorcery is, I would, I'd put at the top of the complexity. Animism is actually pretty straightforward, but the setting stuff is more complicated. Whereas right. sorcery mechanically is more involved. It's more complicated. But the but the kind of setting stuff is, I think, a bit easier, you know, because it's yeah. it's a bit more familiar we appreciate you guys listening to us uh it's it's, honestly for us this is this is very much a joy that we get to we get to spend a a month just talking back and forth about you know once a month we talk back and forth about this stuff and and we're really enjoying it so thank you um we hope that you uh spread around the the love with the with the podcasts uh and tell your friends about it thanks everybody for listening goodbye bye-bye